Greetings and welcome to another Different Church Podcast. My name is Jarrett, and I hope you're having an awesome day. I'm recording this intro at 1.08 a.m. Sunday night slash Monday morning, and today was another awesome day at church. Um, This is the third weekend in June, so we have now done three Pride events uh, the past three Saturdays. We've got one more coming up uh, this coming Saturday. Stay tuned to our social media channels. We will get you all the information on where we will be. Uh, Speaking of social media, we are on TikTok now, so you can follow us there. That's pretty cool. Hannah put out some uh, pretty hilarious material earlier this week, if I do say so myself. Uh, But anyway, follow us on uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, That'll probably be the best place to get information on where we're going to be for Pride. And come on out. We're going to be giving away stickers. We are going to be selling t-shirts, and we would love to see you. Uh, We don't have a whole lot going on outside of church other than Pride right now. We will probably start looking to do some service projects here in the not-too-distant future since things are opening up again. And uh, So just stay tuned for that. Let's go ahead and jump right into the service. We were celebrating Father's Day today, uh, but before we start talking about Father's Day, uh, Hannah wanted to bring up something from the message last week. Um, I just want to share something with you that is not related to today. So if you were here last week, you know we talked about at some point how we, when we are trying to make decisions and it's difficult, we just scroll and like research and just add more information to our anxiety that doesn't make it any easier to make a decision. Well, I just want you all to know that I did that this week. Um, I was trying to make a personal decision about something and I couldn't make a decision. I couldn't decide what felt comfortable. And I spent hours scrolling the internet. Like my screen time report, not pretty this week. And I was like texting people, like help me figure this out. And the entire time I was scrolling, I had my own voice from Sunday being like, this is not helping you. You're just adding information to your anxiety. And guess what? It did not help me, not even a little bit. I still could not make the decision. I still felt super anxious. So I just want you to know, um, I'm preaching to myself also. I'm just a regular human. (laughs) And sometimes I get stuck in a cycle of endless overthinking as well. So don't feel like I am up here having all the answers, telling you how to live your lives. I said that and then God was immediately like, oh, here's an opportunity for you to practice what you preach. And I was like, why would I do that? Instead, I'm gonna have anxiety for five days straight. So good story. Today is Father's Day, which is very exciting for me because it's the first day of my life where I get to say happy Father's Day to my husband, Josiah, because our baby was born in December. And I get to say he's the best dad ever because obviously he is. And if you disagree, I'll fight you. Now, just as I did on Mother's Day, I do want to take a moment and just acknowledge that like this day can be really difficult for some people. Um, Maybe you loved your dad so much and he's passed on, or maybe you have this complicated relationship with your dad right now or a strained relationship. Maybe you don't know your dad very well. Um, You have permission to feel however you want to feel today, okay? So if this day is a celebration for you, awesome. I'm so excited to celebrate with you. But if this day is difficult or makes you feel angry or sad or just tired and exhausted by it all, it's valid. Okay, your feelings are valid. They're unholy, in fact. God sees you. Um, and you do not have to pretend. You don't have to be like, yay, I'm so excited. We don't pretend here. We have an honesty policy. Um, now, I clearly am not a father. <laughs> I'm a mom. However, I was born in church, so I have sat through over 30 Father's Day sermons in my life. And you know what? I'm not really a fan. Why? 
I don't like those sermons for the same reason that I don't like what I found on Google when searching Father's Day sermon this week, because it seems to be a yearly tradition to dump on dads. And like on Mother's Day, we're just like, moms, you're the bee's knees. You're so great. We love you. Like put on your Sunday best, come to church. You're the best mom on the planet. You're so great. And then Father's Day shows up and we're like, you guys suck. Did you know that in fact you're awful? Um, how about you like actually love your kids? And we're like, you should, you have to step up. You have to be the spiritual leader in your house, which I disagree with, not just on a personal level. I disagree with that theologically because um, if there's two parents in a home, you should both be setting the tone spiritually. You should be on the same page. We're, we just tell dads like, oh, you just need to start showing up for your family. It drives me insane for a couple of reasons. First, if there's dads on Father's Day in church, you're preaching to the choir. Like they're already here. They're already involved in their families. They clearly already love their kids so much. Um, it's pointless to be like, you have to do better. On Mother's Day, have you ever been like, moms, do you know what you need to do? Better everything. No, and the moms would leave here crying. Be like, it's just confirmed to me that I'm terrible. And yet we do this to dads and I hate it. And also on what planet do people grow and improve and thrive by being yelled at? Not earth. Maybe there's a planet in the multiverse. I don't know. Um, we all have areas where we can live more openly and honestly and with more grace in our lives. And I don't think we should be singling out dads to yell at. Boo. That's how I feel. So we're not doing that today. We're celebrating dads. There is a great dad in the Bible who I don't really think gets enough recognition. His name is Joseph. He's the father of Jesus. And I found a cool painting online. It's kind of depicting, I don't know if you can see that because <laughs> the lighting, but it's basically this picture of Joseph kind of holding maybe a seven-year-old Jesus. And they're working together in his workshop because Joseph was a carpenter. Now, Joseph is an interesting character. He doesn't get enough screen time. Generally, what we know about him is he was engaged to Mary. And then an angel visits Mary and is like, you are gonna have Jesus, God's baby. And then Joseph finds out and he's like, oh, so you cheated on me. <laughs> Valid, but he's a great guy. And he's like, I don't wanna hurt her. I don't wanna cause her to have this horrible pain in her life. So I'm gonna just end it quietly. I'm gonna end our engagement. And then an angel shows up to Joseph and is like, it's cool, bro. It's God's baby. <laughs> Be cool. And then they get married and have baby Jesus, which sounds exactly like a soap opera to me. And we only know like just a little bit about Joseph. But here's some things we know. So Matthew 13 tells us Joseph is a carpenter. That's his trade. Luke chapter two tells us Jesus disappears into the temple. If you have a kid, they've probably run away from you at some point in your life and you can't find them. Um, Joseph and Mary looked everywhere for him. They were it says in the scriptures, they were distressed. That's to put it mildly, I would say. <laughs> I, Nova can't run away from me yet. She can't crawl. So I'm sure at some point she will, and I'm gonna have a panic attack. So it says that they were greatly distressed. So Joseph cares so much about his baby. They go back for him. Um, and then Matthew chapter one tells us, this is what you need to know about Joseph. He was a just man and he was full of integrity. Joseph is very interesting because the family of Jesus is a non-traditional family. So Jesus is not biologically his child and Joseph adopts him and loves him as his own blood, essentially. 
And then they go on to have more children. And Joseph teaches Jesus the family trade, which is carpentry. And then Jesus is like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to be a rabbi. And it doesn't say in scripture that Joseph was like, well, you're insulting me in my honor and you have to be a carpenter because I come from a long line of carpenters and you're doing this wrong if you're not a carpenter. He doesn't say that. It doesn't say anything about Joseph being mean to Jesus. In fact, it seems more like Joseph actually supports him. And I think this is so beautiful. It should be celebrated more because there's so many families that can actually look to Joseph in the Bible as this example of how to care for your partner and care for your children. Because if Jesus comes from a non-traditional family, who are we to say that we have the one right way to have a family? There are dads who have biological children. There are dads who have adopted, foster dads, dads in blended families, single dads, families with two dads, men who haven't personally fathered any children, but are these crucial father figures in the lives of other children, of kids they care about. When love and respect and honesty are present, there is no wrong way to have a family. I feel like I'm going to say that again. When love and respect and honesty are present, there is no wrong way to have a family. And to narrow that down even further, when love and respect and honesty are present, you're crushing it at being a dad. Families have been just pigeonholed into this one tiny mold of how everything has to look for so many years. And then right here in the New Testament, we see God's family and it's non-traditional and it has a great dad. Now on Mother's Day, I had a whole list of things that moms needed, like respect for boundaries and sleep and support for how she feeds her baby. And I have talked to several dads, many dads actually, that I've grown up with, like just dads that are present in my life. And I'm like, what? is the thing you need more of. There was one answer over and over and over again. Almost every single dad I talked to said this, I just need more encouragement and support. And I think that answer should stop us in our tracks. Like if, we are, if you're not a dad, this is on us. For almost every single dad I talked to to say I don't feel encouraged enough and I don't feel supported enough in my whole life. I need more encouragement and support. We have the ability to do this and we're not doing it. Like being a dad can be really lonely. Our culture puts this pressure on dads. It's like been beaten into our brains, especially if you grew up in evangelical Christian circles. Like even if you don't want it there, that the dad has to provide, the dad has to be strong, the dad has to do all of these things. And we've internalized this message, just like we've internalized the message that there's one right way to have a family. There's one right way to be a dad. And if our family doesn't fit into that box, we get this message that somehow we're failing. We're failing our families, our partners, our kids. What's the point? And families with two dads, like double pressure. <laughs> then you both have the pressure. Because like, if my husband is like, oh, I just feel like this is working. I'm like, you know what? You're doing great. And even when we've done this work of extricating ourselves from the expectations of culture and processing our own upbringings. And maybe now you're in a partnership that has this beautiful mutual support. And we're like, yes, mutual support is the way to go. Mutual support, mutual provision, mutual understanding, mutual protection. It's so difficult to escape this cultural pressure, especially in the church. It's like, you have to be one way or you're doing it wrong. 
And I've just heard from a lot of dads recently, and I just don't feel like, they feel like they're failing. They're not doing it well enough. Whatever the ideal dad is, not living up to it. Whatever the ideal man is, not living up to it. Whatever the idea of success is, not living up to it. Now, if you're a mom, this sounds awfully familiar, doesn't it? I don't know any moms who are like, I've got this. In fact, moms constantly have guilt. I have some, I have so much. It's called mom guilt. Dad guilt, also a thing. We always feel like we're not meeting expectations. We're not doing a good enough job. We're not taking care of our families the way we should. So if you're a mom and there's a dad in your family, your partner needs your support. They need your encouragement. If you're in a family with two bads, two bads. (laughs) Whoops. If you're in a family with two dads, your partner needs your support and encouragement. And if you are not a dad and you're not, you don't have kids, not only do the dads in your life need your support and encouragement, they need you to take them away so they can breathe for a minute. <laughs> take them out. Let them have a good time. Let them, give them space away from the little tiny humans that they love so, so, so much and would just love to have an hour away from. Now, I just want to speak to like partners here for a moment, moms, partners. <laughs> Please let the dads in your life do stuff without correcting them every five minutes. I don't know who needs to hear this, probably me. (laughs) Um, This might be like a relationship advice tangent, but if someone does something differently than you, who cares? Unless it's harming you personally, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Stop correcting your partner every five seconds because they don't fold the towels the way you do. It doesn't matter. Unless it harms you personally or like actively puts your kids in danger, let it go. Okay. Here's a ridiculous example of this. We have two kinds of toilet paper in my house. (laughs) Why? Because I like one kind and he likes a different kind and we could not come to an agreement. And I felt personally harmed by his toilet paper choice. And so did he. And so to fix that, we were like, we're adults. We can use whatever kind we want. (laughs) And now we have two kinds of toilet paper in our house fixed. Okay. So quit correcting the dads in your life. It doesn't matter. Leave them alone. Um, Just say thanks. Move on. How would you like to be corrected and nitpicked at every five seconds for stuff you're just doing in normal life? You'd be like, I poured myself a cup of coffee. Is that how you're doing that? No. (laughs) Oh, I did something nice and I'm a member of this family, so I loaded the dishes in the dishwasher. Wrong. (laughs) Cut it out. (laughs) Um, Quick correcting. Number two, ask for what you need. No humans on this planet are mind readers. I am not a mind reader. My spouse is not a mind reader. You can't be like, well, I just want them to know what I was thinking. If you really want them to know what you're thinking, then use your words. Okay? (laughs) Just as something as simple as thank you goes such a long way. Such a long way. Notice things about your partner. Um, The dads in here work really stinking hard And thank them for that. Tell them you notice when they show up for you and notice when when they show up for the kids. Point out the little things and the big things that they do that keeps your family moving in a positive direction. Like notice at least one amazing thing about your partner every day. It could be a compliment on how they look. 
It could be thanking them for doing something, making dinner, doesn't matter. It could remind them of fun memory you had together. Anything, as long as it's positive. Now, I have the microphone, which means I get to talk about my partner, which is one of my favorite things to do because he's great. He got me this T-shirt. If you're listening on the podcast, it's a picture of Vader, and it says, Sith happens. Because our love language is nerd T-shirts. <laughs> um, here's some things I love about him. He has been the most positive and affirming force in my life for almost 12 years now. We've been married. We'll be married for 10 years next month. I don't think I'm nearly as good at supporting him as he is at supporting me. He has supported me through two graduate degrees, uh, multiple job changes, being like in school full-time and working full-time for over half of our marriage and then working multiple jobs at one time. Um, he supported me through a miscarriage. He supported me through a pregnancy where I was sick for nine months straight and literally didn't lift a finger <laughs> to do anything in the house. Um, he supported me through the newborn phase, which, oof, hard. He goes out of his way to help me with things that are not his job or responsibility. And he does it anyways because he loves me. Like when I say I don't know what I would do without him, I truly mean it. He is the most stabilizing thing in my life. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> I joke, I'm like, if I'm a balloon, he's the person holding the string, keeping me down to earth, because otherwise I'll just be living my best life somewhere. Nothing. <laughs> he told me once, it's like, when I met you, like, if you didn't have some letters after your name, like, I think you were a little crazy. <laughs> he's like, but you have some letters after your name, so I'll just call you a professor and <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Like, he's so kind. He's so generous. He's always learning something new. Truth is valuable to him. He has integrity. He cares so much about making sure Nova and I are safe. Like I watch him with Nova and I literally can't stand it. How much they love each other, it gives me all the feels. Plus he buys me snacks. <laughs> snacks are the guaranteed way to my heart. Um, don't buy me flowers like raisinets and dill pickle chips and an orange Fanta? Oh, yes. He gets me, right? He gets me in my dumb jokes, and most of our text conversations are just memes. Like, everything that has made him a wonderful partner for 10 years has made him an amazing dad. It's not like everything's been perfect. We're human. But it's a privilege to get to share my life with him. He makes everything in my life better. I don't just love him, like I like him. I want to hang out with him. I would rather hang out with him than anyone on the planet. I'm just telling you he's great. If you know him, you know he's great. I just listed like 40 things I love about him. Why? Because he's so amazing. Like he's such a positive force in my life. And if you have a partner, there's a dad in your life. All of this is true of them too. They need to hear it. Support and encouragement. Find some things you love about the dad in your life and tell them verbally. Send them a text. Write them a note. Send them a carrier pigeon. I don't care. However you can get some positive affirmation into the lives of dads, it needs to happen because we have an epidemic of dads feeling like they're failing. And it's so clearly not true. This theme of like dads just not feeling like they're doing enough, always feeling like they need to do more. 
be more, just more. If you're a dad, please listen to me. I know that pressure from culture and perhaps extended family, um, the church, from your own mind, it can be really intense. What your kids need more than anything is your presence. That's what they need. At the end of the day, they're going to remember you being there more than anything else. Like my dad worked a lot when I was growing up because he had to. Like bills had to be paid. There was no option. He had to work a lot. He got up so, so, so early in the morning to go to work. He would work 12-hour days and come home. But he always had time for me. Even when he was tired and stressed and probably pissed off, like I never really got that from him. One of my most favorite memories about my dad is I, when I was a kid, I had like a rat's nest of hair and I wouldn't let anyone near it. And I refused to comb it. So my mother would have to like hold me down to comb my hair. And multiple times she threatened me with like shaving my head, which, you know, caused meltdowns. Cause I was like, you can't shave my hair. And she was like, clearly you don't care about your hair because you look, <laughs> you look like someone left you outside <laughs> for weeks. I can't even get a comb through your hair. But my dad would brush my hair. And he would talk to me. And he was so gentle. And he would just take all the time to get all the knots out of my hair. And he would brush my hair and talk to me. And I have this memory of like multiple times I'm just sitting down and brushing my hair. My mom would be like, you have to deal with her. <laughs> She'd be like chasing me around the house with a comb. And my dad would be like, I'll do it. And I'd be like, yes, <laughs> sign me up. I want him to brush my hair. One time I got lice, which was a gross inevitability of being a kid. I can't wait till Nova gets lice. And I was, again, threatened with a shaved head. <laughs> I wonder why. And my dad spent hours with all the lamps in the house pointed at my head. He gave me a giant bowl of Cheetos, and he picked all the little nits out of my hair. He, that was probably the most annoying thing he ever did. And I have this amazing memory of an awful time. I was, like, crying for an hour, probably. And I just remember talking to my dad and eating Cheetos while he did this thing that he did not have to do, but he showed up and there was a presence, there was a presence in my life. And I have a thousand memories like this because he knew the most important gift he could give me was presence. And the most important gift you can give your kids is not the perfect house. It's not the best toys. It's not the greatest vacations. It's not to fit some cultural idea of success. They're great, but your kid needs you more than anything. Your kid just needs you to be around. You are the bedrock. You are the foundation for a child that loves you infinitely, who only wants to be seen as valuable and worthy and loved by you. All you have to do is be there and pay attention. Maybe you don't have to brush a rat nest of a rat's nest of hair. Maybe you have to clean up some stinky gym socks. I don't know. <laughs> if you're feeling like you're not doing enough, you're not being enough, trust me, you are. You're there. And years from now, you may not feel like you're making a difference right now. You may be like, my kids are awful and they hate me and I never want to talk to these little tiny rage monsters ever again. But you do, you keep showing up and years from now, your kids are gonna have these memories of you and they're silly. Maybe you're not picking out lice, something just as ridiculous and your relationship will be solid and you'll get to see what wonderful human beings your kids have become. Like just 
be encouraged. You are doing a great job. You are the best possible dad for your kids. You are of infinite value to your family. Now the band has two more songs, so they can come on up. Um, but I want to read a poem to you. And if you're not a dad, keep listening. But if you are a dad, like this is your kid. This is your child talking to you. If you're not a dad yet, think of your future child. Dear Papa, you are always there for me. Looking at me, listening to me, understanding me, talking with me. You make time for me when it's inconvenient for you. You make me feel important to you, and that helps me know my worth. I learn from you when you teach me, when I watch you, when I just look at you being yourself when you're not trying to teach me anything. You're teaching me how to be honest and kind and brave, accepting of others. You're teaching me resilience. Every smile you give me, every pat on the back, every time you ruffle my hair, every hug, every high five when I accomplish something, every cheesy joke you tell me, it reaffirms to me that you love me and you're proud of me and that you like my company. And this helps me like my own company. And I'll be resilient and brave and kind because you've shown me how. And these are things I'll remember to do for my own family someday. You're a great role model. You don't just say you love me, you show it. I want to be just like you. Even when I'm yelling, even when I slam the door in your face, You're the foundation for things that make me feel safe. You're a terrific dad. 